The views and opinions of this podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast, episode number 17. Damn, it is getting cold out, but I know the perfect recipe for you guys to get warmed back up. Head over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and pick yourself up some scratch line coffee or some night shift espresso. It's a perfect warm up for the winter season, and they also have a full line of accessories like coffee cups and Aero presses and all the other stuff if you guys want to go snowshoeing and uh, make yourself a nice cup of coffee up on the hill. Other than that, they do have a full line of apparel. It is getting cold, so they got a full line of sweatshirts that you guys got to uh, go and check out. And if you happen to be a deadhead, go check out their uh, Fire Mind Tea, especially if you like the Grateful Dead. Another sponsor of ours is going to be the Smoky Generation. Bethany and I have kind of teamed up here, and we're uh, gaining some exposure for those talented people in the field. And uh, the Smoky Generation is also teamed up with Mystery Ranch and Water Axe Pumps to help facilitate some grants to our writers, our bloggers, our photographers, and our cinematographers out there taking rad photos and doing rad shit. So, swing over to the wildlandfireexperience.org correction actually the wildfireexperience.org also known as the smoky generation and check out all of the stuff they have to offer it's gaining some exposure uh to our talented individuals in the field and uh yeah i definitely appreciate what those guys are doing especially when they uh teamed up for those grants with mystery ranch and water axe pump pumps so definitely go and uh check them out at wildlandfireexperience.org Org. Anyways, today on the show, I have got Andrew Patterson. He is a Missoula smoke jumper. He's been jumping for a hell of a long time, and he is going to divulge some secrets. Yeah. So this episode is titled, So You Want to Jump. Oh yeah, we're going to go there. Temp seasonal positions are opening up, so if you guys have an interest in jumping out of perfectly good airplanes into wildfires, which I think is cooler than hell be completely honest with you uh definitely listen to this episode he's going to give you some tips and tricks as to uh getting picked up and what to expect for your rookie season so without further ado episode number 17 with andrew pattison welcome to the anchor point Yeah, man. Let's get into it. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's send it. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Anchor Point Podcast. Today on the show, I got Andrew Patterson from Missoula Smoke Jumpers. What's going on, dude? Hey, how's it going, buddy? Pretty damn good, man. It's uh, nice and early. Got my extra big-ass cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely sitting with the coffee, too. 
would have liked to have done this uh, a little bit different time, but uh, but early works uh, got a lot going on. So, <laughs> yeah. so you just moved, man. So congratulations on the house, man. So what's uh, what's Big Sky treating you like now? Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, I I haven't had too much of a chance to <laughs> to uh, explore, uh, and we're actually supposed to get snow this weekend, so uh, that'll be cool. We'll see see everything with snow on it, but. Yeah, I've been out, able to get out and uh, do some uh, hiking around, running around on the trails around there, and uh, hopefully get out and do some hunting around there soon. And um, but yeah, we're uh, we're moved over and uh, still kind of back and forth to Missoula for the job, and um, and so yeah, uh, on on the road a bit, but uh, it's it's good. Looking forward to exploring more Big Sky. Nice man. So this whole season, you're uh, kind of in between Missoula and uh, West Yellowstone, right? Uh, I, w- I wouldn't say the whole season, but, uh, you know, things started off kind of normal and then uh, went up to Alaska, which hopefully uh, most of your listeners got up to Alaska because that was kind of <laughs> one of the only spots going on this year. But, uh, yeah, we uh, went up to Alaska, uh, spent about a month up there, and during that time my wife uh, ended up getting into another job uh over in big sky and kind of looking at uh some real estate options and whatnot and uh and ended up uh buying a condo over there while i was in ak so um which was good we you know we had talked about it and she has my full support so um yeah ended up uh doing that thing and then uh basically uh towards the end of the season then uh it was it was pretty cool. The base managers at, at both bases were uh, cool with me, kind of doing a, a detail over to West Yellowstone. Um, it's kind of unofficial detail, um, you know, since I'm living over there, and um, it's working out good. It's a it's a cool base. Definitely uh, like the guys over there, and uh, awesome country. Nice man. So you had a pretty uh pretty wild experience there you've been to alaska you started a detail with west yellowstone and you came back from alaska and all of a sudden you're signing paperwork for a mortgage (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was was pretty interesting i i got a a sap phone call out to to my wife uh kind of mid 14 day roll out in the the bush you know no cell service and she's like yep we're closing end of august so (laughs) it was uh it was uh yeah it was interesting but uh no, it was awesome. She kind of took took the lead on all that and uh, got got the financing squared away and, uh, you know, picked out a, a good place. And so, yeah, excited to to kind of move on into the next adventure. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. So tell me a little bit about your uh, your background. Like, tell me how you got into fire. All right. So uh, fire, I guess, um, you know, I... I uh, I was in uh, college in Los Angeles, and I, I worked for an environmental company for a little bit after that, um, not quite a full year, uh, did some traveling, um, went back to uh, Arizona, where I'm from, and uh, worked for a, uh, well, it was a computer sales outsourcing company. <laughs> so if you've seen Office Space, um, that was kind of what my life was like. Uh, you know, cubicle living and, um, and I was on the phone and on the computer, uh, eight or nine hours a day in a cubicle and, 
uh, wasn't working for me. So, um, anyway, uh, so I was, uh, about 24 and, uh, looking for something different. Um, always been interested in, uh, you know, the outdoors and everything. And, um, uh, basically was, uh, looking at, at structure stuff and even got into like an EMT class and, and, um, but then I was remembering we had a family friend when I was growing up that was, um, a, uh, FMO, uh, up in Northern Arizona and remember, you know, visiting him and playing with his kids in the snow and, and doing all this stuff. And that's kind of where I first heard about wildland fire and, you know, D8 caterpillars making big fire lines and, and even smoke jumpers, you know, I think, I you know, I remember him talking about, uh, you know, these firefighters that jump out of airplanes way back then. Um, but anyway, so I was, I was thinking structure and, uh, and thought I might get a little bit of wildland experience. Um, and so, yeah, basically, uh, applied to the forest service. Uh, this would have been like 2002, uh, kind of winter, early spring and ended up getting picked up, uh, up in Mammoth Lakes, uh, which is, uh, somewhere that I'd been before, like to go up and, you know, snowboard when I was in college and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, yeah, so awesome area. Uh, I got picked up on, uh, at the time, what was a fuels crew, um, 10 person fuels crew, uh, out of Crestview station there in Mammoth. And, um, and so, yeah, 2002 may uh, moved out there and uh, and basically uh, started learning the fire trade I guess wildfire trade um, you know a year a year into it uh, well I should say that fall I had the opportunity to get into the apprenticeship program um, and for a, a long time that was kind of like you needed to be working in fire six seven years to to be able to get into that program. And at the time, um, you know, I think I was class 23. Um, it, it was, they were doing a bigger push to like try to get more people in and stuff like that. And, um, so I was lucky, um, a bunch of us from the forest, um, were able to, to go through that apprenticeship program. Um, and I think that was a great thing. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in the apprenticeship program. Um, I know you, you went through it and, um, I, I can't say enough about it. Uh, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't want to go do that and make that commitment, whatever. But, um, for me, it was great, uh, coming in as a little bit older, uh, guy coming into the fire occupation. Um, you know, it gave me a bunch of training up front and, and, uh, more experience than I would have had otherwise. And, uh, so it, it worked out really good for me. Um, so yeah, went through that, uh, converted back onto the crew that I was on, which, uh, basically the year after we went into, uh, at the time what was fire use. Now it's wildland fire modules. Um, and so 2003 to 2006, um, spent a bunch of time, uh, herding fires around the wilderness and, um, and learning a lot about fire behavior and, and that kind of thing. And, um, and then, uh, you know, about 2006, I was kind of remembering the whole, uh, smoke jumping thing had had a chance to work with smoke jumpers a couple of times. And, uh, was like, well, I guess this is about the right time. I got five years in and, um, and started applying around 
and um, and that's when I got picked up, uh, started fire or started smoke jumping in Redmond um, in 2007, and uh, along the way, uh, m- my wife and I uh, were already married. Uh, we actually started fire the same year in 2002. Uh, met each other moving into the the barracks there in Mammoth. She was on an engine, but. Um, she was, uh, want a new challenge and, and wanted to, uh, try out smoke jumping as well. And, and so, um, she actually got hired in 2008 and, uh, had a couple offers, but ended up, uh, taking an offer from Missoula. And, um, so at that point I started calling up there and, and, um, you know, bugging them, <laughs> bugging them enough until they would, uh, until they said they would hire us both. So. Um, been in Missoula ever since, uh, 2008 and, uh, yeah, that's kind of the whole fire background there. Damn. That's pretty cool, man. You know, that's pretty wild, man. You and your wife were smoke jumpers. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was a cool experience to, to be able to, uh, you know, she's, I would say she's my best friend and, and, uh, you know, we, we do a lot together and, and to be able to share that with her was pretty awesome too um yeah it it worked out pretty pretty uh interesting actually her first fire jump i was her jump partner uh leaving the plane it was actually a six six person fire but um but yeah the two of us were jump partners on that one and the way that that worked out was just uh uh after her rookie training uh kind of the uh she she was beat up and tired and whatever, so I was like, "Well, let's go out and camp and um, get away for a little while. There's nothing going on here." And uh, so we went out and uh, coming back into town, both of us had voicemails. Our phones were blowing up, and and uh, we called in, and they were like, "Oh yeah, they, we just sent two boosters to Alaska, and you guys missed it." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so everybody that was between us on the jump list uh, ended up going going out to Alaska and we, uh, we were right there together on the jump list. So first jump out of Missoula that year when we were on it. Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out pretty cool. So that's cool. You get to jump out of a plane with your wife, <laughs> go fight. Fire with your <laughs> wife. That's, that's a unique story, man. That's, that's pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. And there's, there's actually quite a few, uh, guys over the years that, that, uh, that have, uh, you know, either met their fire, met their wife in fire before and jumped with them or, uh, you know, both of them were jumpers and ended up getting married. And, um, and yeah, so there's quite a few jumping couples, I would say, uh, you know, and it, and it doesn't seem to last long. Um, you know, there's, uh, uh, either, either the women, uh, you know, are starting families and some of them have jumped even after, uh, you know, uh, having kids and stuff like that, but, uh, it's not as common. And, uh, and then also, uh, you know, I, I like to say that, um, the women are probably just smarter. They, they, uh, go get other real jobs. Like my wife, uh, she's a physical therapist now. She's, she jumped for three years and then was like, yep, I'm going to go get a, get a real job. So (laughs) That's funny, man. It's kind of a yeah. left never, uh, never, never land where you, land where you don't have to grow up and you know, play the dirt. It, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, one of us had to, I guess. <laughs> yeah. She's definitely one of the smart ones. That's for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, man, I love Iron Man. It's, uh, it's definitely a, a fun experience and I've learned a lot over the years and I just, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's great, man. 
Yeah. And you know, she did too. Uh, she, uh, she definitely misses it, especially the camaraderie of working with everybody. And, and, uh, so yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the, the highlights of her, her life so far. Um, even though she's kind of moved on. It, well, we all got to grow up sometime, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So man, uh, let's talk a little bit about Missoula's program and now, um, so the purpose of the episode today is to kind of share that information about how to get picked up, about how to you know up your chances about trying out and jumping. So for the folks out there that are listening, what's your best reason to become a smoke jumper? Uh, I'd say the best reason to become a smoke jumper. Um, oh, man, there's there's a lot of a lot of cool things about it. Um, you know, I think. Uh, the, the biggest reason is, is probably, uh, kind of the flexibility that you have as a smoke jumper. And, um, and I would say that, uh, that goes a couple of different ways. You know, part of it is the flexibility in the work that we do, um, because we are, you know, out there doing a lot of, uh, fire stuff, either initial attack and actually jumping or, um, we also, you know, get ordered up single resource. Um, but then there's, uh, the other side of things where, um, you know, we do, uh, quite a bit of fuels work, um, in the region and, uh, also out of region. Um, we are, uh, you know, involved in, in quite a bit that is unique to smoke jumping as far as, um, you know, building our own equipment and, um, you know, doing smoke jumper specific things that, that actually, um, you know, take place more in the shoulder seasons or, or sometimes even in the winter. And, um, and so you, you kind of, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You might, you know, if you're on another module, you're, you're kind of, you know, you might get into a rut of like, well, we're going to burn a little bit in the, in the spring and then we're going to, you know, go chase fires and then we're going to, you know, maybe burn some in the fall or whatever. Um, and, and with smoke jumping, um, it's, it's just kind of like, uh, you know, choose your own adventure kind of thing where, you know, everybody's, everybody's on a list at the base. And, um, when you, um, you know, get a single resource call or, um, you know, some other kind of, um, incident, uh, they'll just go down the list and, and ask people yes or no. And so, um, and, and so that's another thing where it's like, um, you know, when you're with a crew, you have to be with that crew all the time, especially like a hotshot crew, you know, they need their, their, um, 18 to 20 people and certain quals to stay type one. Um, whereas with smoke jumping, um, you know, in Missoula, we've got 70 people at the base on any given day. Um, you know, before people start spreading out and doing stuff, but, um, but yeah, so if you wanted to stay back for the weekend because it's your wife's birthday or something, it's not a big deal. Like they'll just go to the next person on the list, you know. So the the flexibility is is uh, pretty amazing um, as far as being able to to do what you want uh, within uh, smoke jumping. You know, everybody jumps fires, but um, you're pretty free to pursue other paths too as far as uh single resource stuff um you know team stuff uh and and that kind of thing so um it's it's uh 
it's pretty cool in that way. And I would say that's, that's definitely one of the reasons. Um, another reason is, is just to, to be able to, um, you know, work with a bunch of fired up like-minded people that, um, that want to get work done. And, um, and you know, that's, that's one of the things, uh, every, every smoke jumper base has kind of a different culture and a different crew, but, um, but throughout the whole smoke jumping program, I would say that's, that's a pretty common, common thing. People, you know, you hit the ground and you just know what to do. And, um, I'd say we're, we're really good at rapid team building, um, because you might be working with somebody from, or, or people from a few different bases on any given fire. Once things get kind of, uh, shuffled up, um, in the summer, you know, this year in Alaska, I think one of the fires I jumped, um, we had a load of guys from four different bases and, you know, smoke jumping is a small world. So I've been in a, a while and I knew a few of them and, uh, didn't know a few of them. And, and so you got to kind of work with what you get on the fire. And, and, uh, and some of that goes with, um, building a team with, uh, local resources too, whenever you get out there. So, um, it's just, it's, it's a pretty different thing as far as, as, uh, as firefighting goes. And, and I think it's, uh, it's a pretty fun, uh, experience. Nice, man. Sounds like you guys have a lot of good work-life balance and you have a lot of opportunity to work on quals. So, I mean, it sounds like you guys got nothing to lose. A lot of diversity in the program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, you can, you can kind of go whatever direction you want. Um, you know, I know even some of the BLM, uh, guys are, are getting into the UAS stuff and, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it affords you that flexibility to kind of explore other things within fire while still, you know, doing your main job as a smoke jumper. I gotcha, man. So now what is the purpose of a standard load? Like what is like the main driven purpose for smoke jumping? Um, well, of course it's, it's kind of changed over the years and it hasn't, (laughs) um, basically, uh, you know, the smoke jumping program was started, uh, when we didn't have helicopters and, um, and, you know, we had a lot less people working on our, on our forest systems. And, um, and so, you know, at the time it was a way to get people in for rapid initial attack, um, and keep fires small. Um, you know, at the time timber was a much bigger thing and, um, and all that. So, um, you know, our kind of our bread and butter through the years has been, uh, initial attack, uh, small fires, remote areas. And, um, and so kind of in the last, I don't know, 10, 10 to 15 years, um, I wouldn't say that the missions changed. We still do quite a bit of that depending on the year, you know, if, if um, it's a, a hot, dry year and we already have a bunch of fires out there. Like people are going to be putting out all these fires, um, when, whenever they start. And so, you know, we still do quite a bit of the old two manner, um, you know, initial attack uh, fire. But, um, one of the things that's changed in the last 10 to 15 years is, um, we've been, uh, trying to market a little bit more of, uh, like, you know, having an IC3 on, on every load that goes out, um, you know, and, and really what, what that's done for us is now we're putting out, you know, a lot more full load fires, um, emerging incidents, um, basically getting firefighters to an incident fast and 
um, having an IC3 on the ground and, and kind of a, a management team that can, um, you know, start getting stuff ordered and, and put a, put a good, um, structure in place, um, for when, you know, you start getting more people into the fire. Um, so, you know, on, on any given load, you, you might have, you know, an IC3, a couple, uh, divisions, um, you know, there's, uh, a lot of sea fallers, a lot of EMTs. Um, so, um, you, you kind of have this initial structure that you can put in place and then, um, you know, tr- start getting in local resources or hotshot crews or, or whatever else. And, and so that's, that's one of the things that's, um, kind of been, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say taking over what we do, but, um, but we've been doing a lot of that, um, lately. And, uh, so, yeah, it's again that adds to kind of the diversity of of what's going on. You take off in the plane. A lot of times, you don't know what you're going to find when when you get out there, uh, depending on the season. You know. Nice man. So that's that's awesome, man. So you guys provide everything from initial attack to basically a flying IC three team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Nice man. So speaking of quals, like those kind of quals that are. Uh, flying around in your plane at any time uh for someone who's going to rookie with you guys what kind of quals are you looking for uh you know i i uh, get this question a lot uh because of you know us pushing that kind of higher level ic3 team kind of stuff um and you know really uh the one of the only uh things that qualifies you for the smoke jumping job is that you need uh six months of wildland fire experience and uh and so you know while that's not the norm most people don't get picked up after six months of of work but um you know we do hire people that are uh, firefighter twos um that don't have their ic5 yet um and so you know it, it kind of depends on the applicant. Uh, we definitely, um, you know, we, we do a lot of reference checking and, and looking at people's applications and, and, and calling around and, and, uh, you know, if people get a really good recommendation and, and, uh, you know, they got one, one season or two seasons in and don't have a whole lot of quals. Um, but, uh, you know, we know they're, they're, supervisor and he's you know giving him a good good recommendation and you know just basically like hey we got this person that's kicking ass and and uh you know definitely would make a good smoke jumper um that goes a long way and and they might get a shot you know with with less quals less experience um you know i think we're we're also looking for diverse candidates um you know, a diversity of experience. Um, you know, the, the go-to answer is like, go get hotshot time. And, um, you know, cause we know if you're, you work on a hotshot crew, you, you know how to work. I mean, those guys are out, um, busting ass all, all year long. Um, you know, they're on fire every day of the summer. And, uh, and so we know that somebody's going to be, uh, you know, getting a good experience as far as like being out there working, digging line, cutting with a saw, doing all that stuff constantly. And so that's kind of the go-to is like, go get hotshot experience. But 
when it comes down to it, um, you know, that, that is important, I think. Uh, but, um, you know, I didn't come from the hotshot crew. I, I came through the apprenticeship program. So I had a little bit of helicopter and a little bit of engine and, um, a lot of the, the fire use wildland fire stuff. Um, and, and a few more quals because of that, um, than I would have probably if I was on a shot crew for five years. But, uh, but, you know, so that's, that's one of the things we're looking forward to is like, have people been out getting helicopter experience or getting, uh, engine experience? Um, you know, what, what's their, the whole package really. And, um, and then, you know, talking to their supervisors and, and, and really, um, seeing how they, they worked as a person. Okay, nice. So now what about your vets? Like, uh, say someone was para-infantry or something like that, some, uh, maybe some jump experience, some jump quals in the military. Does that help or hinder your application? Uh, you know, I, I, I guess I would say that, uh, it doesn't help the application so much. Um, you know, as far as us prioritizing them, you know, like, oh, they've, they've jumped before, so they're going to be a good smoke jumper. Um, you know, we're still looking priority one is, is, uh, for good, uh, experienced wildland firefighters. And so, um, you know, I think, there are probably aspects of training aspects of the job that, you know, having jumped out of an airplane before might be a good, <laughs> good background to come, come into just cause, um, you know, part of, part of rookie training and, uh, parachute training in general is, is getting, getting the job done, uh, in a stressful environment. And so if you've been in a similar environment to that before, you're going to perform better when you're doing that. So, um, I would say the experience helps once you get selected, but, um, but it's not something that we're looking for. Uh, the other thing is, uh, a lot of times, um, it's, you know, different equipment, different mission, uh, different parameters. Um, you know, once people have a bunch of experience in that stressful environment, um, it, it kind of goes into like these, these neural pathways and muscle memory that, um, that, we may have to break, you know, if we're looking for a different body position, a different exit style, that kind of thing. So, um, so, you know, there's, there's definitely pros and cons to it. And, um, and yeah, I'd, I'd say, um, there's a lot of guys, uh, that, uh, come over from the military and, and are successful and find that the program is, is, uh, is, uh, I guess, a good fit for them. And, uh, and so, you know, that's, that is, uh, one thing, you know, we do get, get quite a few military folks in. Um, but, uh, but yeah, definitely not, not a, uh, you know, a help to getting selected. I got you, man. So now what about like fitness requirements? Everybody is asking about fitness requirements for the jump program. And this is pretty much standard across the board that it's hardcore. So, (laughs) so what are some of the fitness requirements that you're looking for? Well, um, so like a lot of, a lot of crews, um, you know, I think have adopted, um, the kind of the smoke jumper fitness standard and, um, and it's not, uh, it's not one of those things that, uh, they can hold people accountable to. I mean, if, if you come in as a smoke jumper, you, you basically have to do the minimums, um, or you're 
not allowed to continue with the program. Um, and then, you know, I, I know of quite a few hotshot crews that, that, um, are looking for, you know, that to be their minimums too, for their hotshot crews, um, which is awesome. You know, it's a good fitness standard to have. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, kind of what, what we're looking for when people come in, um, uh, we talk about the minimums, which is, um, seven pull-ups, uh, 25 push-ups, 45 sit-ups, a uh, mile and a half in 11 minutes, and uh, basically a 110-pound pack test. In addition to normal, like, arduous pack test, um, we do a 110-pound pack test, which is three miles on flat ground, um, and uh, an hour and a half to complete. Um, <clears throat> so, and so that's kind of the, the fitness standard that we have for people that are coming in. Um, and then kind of what I say, you know, I've, I've mentored and coached some people that have, that have been coming in before to the program. And, uh, and that's one of the things in Missoula that we like to do is, you know, once, once we know who's coming, um, we assign a jumper as kind of a mentor and they kind of check in with them and see how they're doing, how their, you know, workouts are going and, um, you know, what, what they're doing to prepare and that kind of stuff. So, um, and I, I think some of the other bases do a similar thing, but, uh, yeah, kind of what I've told people in the past is, um, you know, that's, that's the minimum for, um, staying in the program. And if you really want to do well in rookie training, uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of hard physical, uh, days, uh, in rookie training, not just, uh, where you're PT and hard, but, um, you know, you're running around with a jumpsuit on and the units climbing stairs. Um, you know, that all that equipment weighs 60 to 80 pounds when you're running around the units. Um, so it's, it's a, it's definitely a, a physical, uh, program of training. And so, um, kind of what I've told people in the past is, uh, you should be able to come in, uh, doing double, the minimums, um, and probably be, um, more in the like nine to 10 range for your mile and a half. Um, just, just to be kind of have that fitness buffer, you know, to, because, um, you know, you come in and we're going to, we're definitely going to push people to their limits because we want to see how they perform under stress. Uh, we want to see, um, you know, how they relate to their, they're rookie bros and, um, you know, we give people leadership assignments and so they're having to lead under stress and, and that kind of thing. And, and so, you know, that's, that's a part of it too, is just, um, seeing how people react when they're kind of at the end of their, their physical limits. And, um, and so, you know, you can come in and, and be doing triple or quadruple the minimums and still be pushed to that limit. But, um, but I would say if you're right on the verge of, of those you're going to have a real rough time with, um, kind of the physicality of the training. Okay. And now, so I've been told like with all the physicality and what you kind of alluded to there, that the mental fitness aspect is, uh, arguably more important. What's your, <laughs> what's your mental fitness requirements? You kind of yeah. brushed on it there a little bit, but let's get back yep. into that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and that's, that's one of the things like, uh, as, as trainers and, and, um, and as, uh, you know, more managers doing, doing the hiring, 
um, you know, we're hiring really good firefighters and we don't want to see anybody, um, not make it. Um, so it's on, on that firefighter to come in in the best physical shape that they can, um, and, and the best mental shape that they can. Um, and, and basically on our side, uh, like I said, we're, we're looking for people to be making good decisions, fast decisions, um, and, and basically, um, you know, be able to work under stress and tired and all that stuff. And like you said, it's a, it's a conscious mental decision a lot of times to like work through, um, that physical pain, that physical, um, you know, stress, um, you know, you got to decide that you're going to show up that day and, uh, and do what's required. And so I would say, um, it definitely is. I mean, you, like I said, you can, you can barely make the minimums or you can come in doing five times the minimums. And, um, and if you're not ready to, um, you know, make that mental commitment, um, you're, you're not going to be successful. So mental fitness is definitely, uh, is definitely something that, that not only, uh, will be mandatory for you to get through, but it's something that we are looking for, uh, in our rookie candidates. Okay. Now what about some like other, uh, some other requirements? Like I heard, I hear that there's like some size and weight requirements as well. Uh, maybe some health requirements. Could you explain some of that too? Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, as far as, uh, size and weight, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, trying to think of it right now. Um, offhand, I think I want to say it's like five foot to six, four and, uh, 120 pounds to 210 pounds is the current, um, size and weight requirements. And a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, capabilities of the aircraft and stuff. We, we don't want people too far outside the limits to, you know, when we're putting together manifests and that stuff fire. Um, and some of it is, um, uh, being able to do the work and, and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I think people in the past have, uh, gotten through that are, you know, a little bit outside of those limits. Um, and, um, and, you know, that's, that's just one of those things. Like if you can do the job, show up and do the job, then you're, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be okay. Um, and you know, that being said, uh, we have, uh, quite a few women that, that come and are kind of pushing the low end of those, those, uh, limits. And, um, you know, those are, those are some of the most impressive smoke jumpers that, that we have that, you know, I think, um, they got to work just as hard or I should say they got to work, you know, twice as hard or more to get the same, uh, you know, standards that everybody else does. And, so, um, you know, my wife is a good example of, you know, when she got hired, she, uh, was five, 213 pounds. And, you know, I, I worked with her a bunch. Uh, and when she came in, she was 126 pounds, which is still just over the, that lower limit. But, um, but, you know, she was super strong. Uh Oh, did I lose you? All right, we're back. We got you now. <laughs> All right, good deal. 
Yeah. So, uh, anyway, like, like I was saying before the, uh, the 110 pounds is, is one of our minimums. Um, you know, when you leave the aircraft, you're jumping out of the airplane with, um, at least 90 pounds of gear. Um, and then you might be getting a chainsaw, you might be getting, you know, sleeping bags, food, you got to carry your trash out, all that stuff. You're probably going to be walking out of the woods, uh, with 120 or more pounds on your back. Um, unless you get a helicopter, which we love helicopters and <laughs> they definitely make our job easier. But, um, but yeah, the, uh, you know, the, the minimum is, is that 110 on flat ground, but, uh, there's definitely, uh, been horror stories of, you know, people walking 12 miles and bushwhacking and doing all kinds of vertical and, and whatever else with 120 or more pounds. So, um, you know, that's one of those things like you, you need to be ready to do that and you need to have the mental fitness to <laughs> be able to get through it, you know? Um, but, but that being said, even those smaller jumpers, you know, are, are there showing up doing that and, uh, and it's impressive. So, um, yeah, again, that's another spot where, you know, we're looking for diversity of experience, diversity, um, you know, in our actual jumpers, uh, and, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's impressive to see those, uh, folks on the, the lower end of the scale show up and perform and just dominate it. And especially the women, man, that's, uh, that's pretty, I'm always impressed by women that are in hot shots or just this job in general. You know, it's, uh, like you're saying, sometimes they have to work two or three times as hard to, you know, be at that same level. So I got, got to have a kudos for the women out there in fire, man. That's uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad we have them. And, uh, you know, and part of that too is, is a lot of times, um, it seems like they bring a, um, a different, um, mindset and stuff into that uh, a lot of times, you know, will kind of change the dynamic and, and, uh, and is in a really good way. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great to, to have, um, those, tough women uh around you heck yeah man so what makes a good rookie uh you know i think uh, i kind of mentioned a few things already kind of being uh teachable and and ready to learn um you definitely uh you know you want to be um coming in in shape and and all of that but you know, mostly what we're looking for are people that want to step up and lead and, um, and at the same time are, you know, humble and willing to learn, um, you know, and, and I think that's one thing that, you know, <laughs> may be lost on, on some people as they, uh, mature through the program. But, um, but I think that's, that's one thing that, um, kind of, I, I try to, um, carry with me is just um you know being humble and willing to learn all, all the time i think that just makes you a better um a better firefighter and and you know you're gonna learn more and experience more and so you know that's kind of my attitude and and kind of what i'm looking for um when i whenever i'm you know talking to rookies and that kind of thing okay and so what is like the training like we kind of brushed upon it before but as far as like your rookies, those, those applicants that are just trying to 
get into the program, what can they expect when they show up for their first day? Um, so again, there's, there's, uh, you know, differences at the different bases for sure. Um, you know, I can kind of take you through, uh, what, what happens in Missoula and it's, you know, it's going to be similar everywhere. Um, you know, in, in Missoula, you'll show up, um, right away, you'll do the minimums. Uh, so you'll, you know, pump out a bunch of calisthenics and then go run a mile and a half. Um, and then basically, uh, we take people out into the field and, uh, and we do a week in the field, uh, where people are, Cutting line, um, you know, using cross cuts, doing medical scenarios, um, doing chainsaw stuff, climbing trees, um, kind of some of the um, not only just fire stuff, but specific smoke jumper stuff that um, they might not have experience with before. Um, and then uh, usually during that time, there's a there's an 85 pound pack test, um, which is more of like a rough terrain and the longer duration kind of thing. Um, and then there's, uh, usually at the end of the weeks, like the 110, and, um, and, you know, that can change year to year and, and definitely, uh, program to program. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> so that's, that's kind of your first week. Uh, then second week, usually you're getting into what we call the units, which is, um, basically, uh, uh, starting your parachute training. And so getting used to the gear, um, going through, um, you know, jump counts and procedures and that kind of thing. Um, learning how to exit an aircraft. Uh, we have like a zip line tower that people will go out of. Um, yeah, it's kind of like adult amusement park. Don't, don't you guys call that the slammer? <laughs> well, no. So that's another thing. Uh, uh, it has different names at different bases in Missoula. It's the slamulator and, uh, <laughs> In Redding, I think it's the mutilator. Um, but yeah, so there's there's this thing that basically it's like a ski tower, ski pole tower, or ski lift tower. Um, and it and it kind of hauls you up on this cable at like a 45 degree angle. And then basically they, they just kind of release the cable and you go down to the ground. And it's for uh, practicing parachute landing fall, PLFs. Um, but, uh, but yeah, basically you're just like slamming into the ground over and over again and uh so that's that's why it's gets gets those uh those nice names but <laughs> anyway so yeah that's one of the units is is uh doing you know parachute landing falls and it's not always on the, the slamulator it's you know sometimes just jumping off of a you know couple courses of of um concrete block down to the ground and and that kind of thing but you'll you'll end up doing uh you know a ton of parachute landing falls before, um, you're actually going to be under parachute. Um, and the same thing with like practicing exits, practicing going out of the, the tower, um, all that stuff. We just hit, you know, hundreds of times. And, and so by the time you get into the actual situation, you have like the neural pathways pretty dialed and, and, um, and it's almost automatic. And, uh, so then, you know, that would be week two, um, and maybe a little bit of week three. Um, and then you get into the jumping phase. Um, and all through this, you're going to be doing, um, a lot of PT, um, along the way, but, um, but yeah, once you hit jumping phase, uh, then you're probably doing, um, anywhere between one and three jumps a day, 
been doing full, you know, video reviews of exits, of landings. Um, you know, you you kind of go through this progression that we have built, um, and you get uh, 25 jumps, um, and basically you start with um, you know jumping these huge wide open areas like a, at a drop zone, you know, <laughs> like a square mile of grass. Um, so you don't hit anything or whatever. Um, and then, you know, through, through training, we start, um, you know, instead of jumping by yourself, now you're going to be jumping with two people or three people or four people in the air at once. And, um, and then we start shrinking the spots down until, um, you know, at the end of training, you should be able to hit a pretty small hole in, uh, in the timber and, or, you know, a knife edge ridge or, or something like that. Um, and be able to land safely and, and, you know, go to work. And, um, and so we take people through that whole, you know, thing, um, and the whole progression. And then, you know, that's kind of more weather dependent on what we can get done. And, and so, you know, the whole training will probably last, um, uh, anywhere from six to seven weeks usually. Um, and again, it's weather dependent, but, but yeah, that's, that's kind of like the flow of training. And, um, and then, yeah, once you're, you're done with training, um, you know, kind of mixed in there, uh, you'll get your normal, uh, refresher fire classes and all that stuff too. So, um, it's all part of the same, same deal. And then, um, yeah, once you get done with training, um, you're basically on the list on the crew. Um, you know, if there's boost requests to Alaska or whatever, like you're, you're going, you're, you're ready to jump fires. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of confidence in the, the folks that are coming out of that training and, and they should have a lot of confidence once they're, um, you know, finished with that program. Okay. And now what's the whole story? I know like certain things you guys can't talk about, so you may or may not, uh, be able to answer this question. You know, it's kind of, uh, the whole smoke jumping program is kind of like fight club, right? You can, first rule about fight clubs. You can't talk about <laughs> fight club, but, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that's more of like a misnomer. Uh, you know, there's there's probably a few things in, in training that we're like trying to uh, surprise people with. And that's just more, you know, that whole stress thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's not. I mean, I I think what you're doing with your podcast here, trying to get information out to the masses on everything with fire, um, you know, smoke jumping is no different. I think there's just there's a lot, lot less people that do it. And so there's a lot of questions out there and, and hopefully, yeah, we can get more info out and answer some of that stuff. So shoot. Yeah, man. Um, so rumor has it that, uh, like as far as like, once you get it past, like all your rookie training and everything like that, you're still a rookie until your first fire jump or is it, is it like a couple of jumps or do you have to go through some rite <laughs> of passage or something like that before you earn the title of smoke jumper? Uh, well, no, I mean, you're a smoke jumper right away. You know, you're part of the crew. Um, you're accepted as, as a smoke jumper and, and, and part of the crew. Um, as far as, as being a rookie, you know, um, that's, that's one of those things that, uh, you know, the, the technical answer is you're, you're a rookie until the rookies from the following year get their first fire jump. Okay. So it's actually quite, quite a bit longer, but, um, but yeah, I mean, right away people are, are, uh, you know, accepted as, as part of the crew and, and, um, yeah, uh, you know, there, there's definitely expectations people have their different jobs around the base and, and, uh, 
And so, um, you know, coming in as a rookie, you don't really have these areas that you're, you're trying to gain experience in these different areas, like you're building food boxes and load masters and rigging parachutes and doing all that stuff. Um, but a, a lot of times, you know, it's, you're just kind of expected to, to, you know, pick up the slack wherever it is, whether that's, you know, sweeping up the, the loft or, um, you know, emptying trash cans or whatever that, you know, other people that are doing other things aren't really thinking about. So, um, you know, that's, that's one of those things and, uh, that, you know, people coming in, um, you know, just don't have as much experience with everything else. And so that's kind of the duties that get, get pushed to them. But, um, but yeah, as far as, as, um, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, rumors and stuff out there about things that go on, but it's, it's really like once, once you get through training, like you're, you're definitely a part of the crew. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of air of mystery around that, you know, like the whole snooky thing or some of the things you guys do in training and rites of passage, but (laughs) (laughs) I guess we squash that one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, yeah, like, uh, snooky, that's just, like a second year guy, you know, it's like you go through your rookie season and then Snookies are, you know, they're again, they're just newer guys, but it's, there's nothing, nothing wrong with being a Snooky and everybody's been there. And, um, and so, yeah, it's just kind of a funny name for, for your second year guys. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing for everybody to take away is, is just, you know, um, Everybody that gets hired is a good, experienced firefighter. Um, we just do do the parachute training, and uh, and you know once you're through that, like you're ready to jump fires. And 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 you know, being part of the crew means that if you're the first guy on the load, you might be a rookie. You, you're going to be in charge of the fire. So, um, like I said, you're you're part of the crew. You might be. Uh, supervising the crew on a fire you know it's you, you'll have these guys that are 10 15 year guys uh working for a, a rookie smoke jumper on on a fire you know so it's that's just the way that, that we run things and and the way things work so um so yeah people definitely um you know they get that that um i guess kind of respect and and are brought in uh right away to what's going on with the the jump program Nice, man. So that also kind of leads me into another question uh, that I got for you guys is uh, what are some common mistakes that people make during rookie training that kind of just washes them? Uh, I, I don't know about common mistakes. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that we see is just people – kind of falling behind, um, during the training. And, uh, and so it's a really fast paced training. And if you're, um, you know, and we encourage people to study material and do things, uh, you know, uh, with, as a group, usually they're like staying in the dorms or whatever. And, um, and so getting together as a group and, and kind of studying material together and, and basically doing homework. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that the training is, is really fast paced. You're covering a lot of ground in, um, in six to seven weeks. And, uh, and so that's, that's the biggest thing that I see is people just, just falling behind. Um, 
and um, not grasping some of the more technical aspects of, um, you know, the equipment or uh, flight patterns or things like that, that, um, you know, if you're not on the ball and, and ready for a new thing every day, um, that's where, where I've seen it bite people. Um, the other thing that knocks people out of training, uh, occasionally is, is, uh, injuries and that's not, um, you know, from jumping, uh, so much as, like I said, it's, uh, you're running around in the units with, with 80 pounds of gear on and, and, you know, you strain your back or you do tweak your knee or something like that. And, um, and again, that's one of those things coming in, in really good shape is key, not overtrained. Cause, uh, we've seen that before too, where people are like, um, you know, on the, at the breaking point because they've been working so hard up until the point that they get there. But, uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, coming in in shape is huge. Uh, so you don't get those injuries and, um, and, uh, yeah, the other thing is, uh, you know, we, uh, we don't, um, you know, generally wash people, uh, for bad attitudes, but, um, but in the past we've, we've definitely seen, um, you know, people come in, uh, with, with poor attitudes. And a lot of times that goes back to mental fitness and and stuff like that, or ego. Um, and, uh, and that's one of those things that, you know, when, when things get stressful, we're looking for, um, for good leaders and uh, people that are going to, going to function, um, in, in those scenarios. So, um, yeah, those are, those are some of the the things that, that I've seen, uh, personally, you know, and, and, uh, um, probably can't speak for all the programs on that, but, um, those are the main things. Okay. Nice, man. So that mental fitness and that whole resilience, especially to injury, it seems like it's kind of a, that was an overlying uh, topic there. So be resilient mentally Mm -hmm. and physically kind of a key to success. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, shit. I mean, what? I mean, we've pretty much covered everything about what you guys do as far as day to day operations go, and how to like some. To- we got some toolbox items there too to succeed during your rookie training. So now the next step is, how do you apply? <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, as y'all may have heard, uh, a bunch of the announcements. Uh, were were messed up or something and so they got Mm -hmm. pulled and and they're gonna refly them um it sounds like that's what happened with our rookie announcement too which uh was supposed to be pulled um on the 30th and uh so um it sounds like uh they're gonna refly that here at the beginning of october so um so that should be out uh whenever this hits the uh the uh internet and, uh, <laughs> um, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, if you did apply to the old announcement, you should get a, a notification that, um, that the new one's out and it should be pretty easy to just kind of apply, use, use your other materials that you used for the last application and just apply to the new one. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the main thing. USA jobs. Um, if you just put in smoke jumper, there's a bunch of different jobs. Um, if you know, they're flying a bunch of them, but, um, put in smoke jumper that should take you to, you know, a few jobs. And then the one you'd be looking for is, uh, 
temporary five. Um, that's our rookie smoke jumper application. And, uh, and so that's, that's one way to do it. And then, um, the other thing is, uh, that detail program that, that we kind of, uh, touched on a little bit, um, earlier it's, um, that's kind of run through each base individually. Um, so if you're a permanent employee, you're looking for, um, you know, a, um, basically 120 day detail to come check out smoke jumping and, um, and see what we do. Uh, basically, uh, talk to the bases individually. And, um, I know in Missoula, we're definitely going to be looking for some detailers this year. Um, and, um, and most bases uh, will do a similar, you know, detail program. And, uh, and that is, um, you know, it's all through the base. So, um, while the rookie application is only open for two weeks, you know, beginning of October, the, uh, the detailer application, uh, process is, you know, can happen later and it's a little easier to kind of just work through, um, between home unit and smoke jumper base. Okay. Now, uh, as far as like dialing in your resume, is there anything that you want to put specifically to up your chances or make you stand out in the crowd? Uh, as far as resume goes, you know, um, as I said, uh, earlier, you know, we, we don't have a requirement as far as qualifications. Um, but yeah, definitely make sure you get, get whatever quals in there that you have. Um, uh, like I said, hotshot time is, is, uh, always good. You know, or if you can get a couple years on a shot crew, that, that definitely goes a long way, but um, but also we're looking for that diversity of experience. So, um, you know, just, uh, really, uh, I guess buff that thing out as far as, uh, what other experiences you have uh, in fire, um, that, that may set you apart from, from people. Um, we're really looking for a lot of medical type people. So if you, uh, are an EMT, um, you know, we have a few within the smoke jumper ranks nationwide, we've got a few, and a few nurses um and so that's you know, another thing that uh could set you apart um and that we're really looking for all the time um what else uh yeah i mean i would say the the biggest thing is we we really do our homework on um calling supervisors and anybody that you put down as a reference so um so yeah i would say Make sure your references are, are current um, and we can get a hold of people and, uh, and put people down that will give you a good reference <laughs> because, <laughs> because uh, that's, that's the one thing that uh, is probably the, the highest um, consideration for us. You know, people, people that have worked with you and that you've worked for, um, they're going to give us an honest opinion usually of, of what, you know, what we're getting. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the number one thing I would say is uh, really uh, make sure those references are good. Okay, nice. And now, as far as best practices goes, uh, for like base visits or anything like that, networking, uh, what would you suggest for that? Yeah, um, so definitely uh, trying to network with whatever bases you're interested in um, is a good call, and and I think you know. Uh, the more you can 
the more bases you can apply to you, the better your chances are of getting picked up. And then, um, you know, it's always easier to transfer around once you're picked up. But, um, but yeah, the, uh, the, as far as the base visits go, you know, it's nice for people to put a name with a face, but I wouldn't say that's, um, you know, that that's everything. Um, especially, you know, wintertime, uh, driving around on, on, you know, crappy roads and whatever else just to, to show up and shake hands, um, is definitely a, uh, um, <laughs> a risk. So, um, you know, if, if things are looking like they're going to be like that, I, I would say hold off, but, um, otherwise it's good to, you know, put a face with a name and, um, and I would say doing a good job of kind of calling and talking to, um, the hiring managers and stuff like that, um, goes, uh, even further. And most bases will kind of keep a list of contacts that they've had with people, um, whether that's base visits or phone calls and, um, and you know, that's, it's important to, to definitely, um, call and to get your name out there. And, um, and, you know, with that too, if you are going to, going to do a visit, um, you know, just call ahead of time, let people know. And that way there'll be, um, the right people there when you go to, to visit and not just, you know, there could be somebody there, but, they might just be, you know, they could show you around the base, but they might not be able to answer your questions as far as training goes. So um, call ahead and meet the right people. Yeah, definitely give them a heads up. And that's just kind of a common courtesy too. You know, it's just being professional is saying, hey, uh, I'm interested in becoming a smoke jumper and, you know, get a hold of the right people before you just show up at the base or else you might be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, cool, man. I mean, do you got any other pointers that uh, you could like give out or I think we've covered just about damn near everything, man. Yeah, that's I mean, that's uh, that's all I can think of at the moment. Nothing's really standing out uh, to me uh, that we haven't hit on. Um, you know, hopefully we've we've uh, uh, dispelled some rumors and uh, gotten a little more information out there. Um, and yeah, people will be. Uh, more likely to to want to give it a shot yeah i hope so man uh, give it a shot that's uh <laughs> definitely a very unique program and you also get that title of smoke jumper so <laughs> <laughs> you get street cred <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well cool man you get that smkj on your red card which you know it's pretty much the same thing as a firefighter one you just get to get there a different way it's <laughs> just a different uh form of transportation per se <laughs> Yep, for sure. Nice, man. Well, I think that's pretty much the time point then. Um, so at the end of the show, usually I like to give a opportunity for you to give a shout out to, you know, homie, friend, mentor, hero. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, I've already given enough shout outs to my wife. She's she's awesome. Um, <laughs> I get her I, on the show. Yeah, no, it'd be awesome. And she, she definitely has some good good stuff for you. Um, you know, I think, uh, when I first started in fire, I had, a um, a supervisor who's kind of at the like, uh, squatty captain kind of level, uh, Kurt Schwarm, uh, who's, he still works on the LP, uh, Los Padres there in California. And, uh, you know, he was, he was definitely instrumental in, um, in guiding my early career, 
giving me the the confidence to apply to be a smoke jumper and um and he's just all around awesome guy um so yeah i think that's that's my shout out uh he's he's definitely uh one of the one of the guys that that helped form uh who i am as a firefighter and and as a smoke jumper and um is a great guy nice man well shout out to kurt dude yeah. So cool. So where can we find announcements? Uh, just USA Jobs. Do you happen to have a uh, like a, t- uh, a search as far as like a specific announcement number or anything like that, or <laughs> just pretty much search for Smoke Jumper? Yeah. So at this point, all I can give you is do that search for Smoke Jumper. Um, the the announcement number uh, will change from what it was uh, this last one. So no need in giving that out. But um, yeah, and I don't have the new announcement yet. So. Um, yeah, I think the, the best way to do it is just do that smoke jumper search and then, uh, look for the temporary five, uh, application. That'll be the, the rookie smoke jumper, um, application. And, um, and yeah, if you, uh, if you, uh, look at the old smoke jumpers on Instagram, uh, I'll hopefully get the announcement number up there when, uh, when we, uh, get it copy that right on man so yeah for you guys listening definitely uh search for that smoke jumper title on usa jobs and see what you guys can find uh i know there's been some issues with the announcements uh for a couple of regions now i think uh region four might be doing a re-announcement too uh, i know region one has has some issues um i think there might have been some issues with region four but that's all i've heard of so far yeah yep and that's that's uh what i've what I know too, um, they definitely had to uh, pull some of the region one ones, and then uh, I think that was the main issue with our smoke jumper uh, one was uh, something to do with um, rather than listing McCall as a duty station, they listed the payette or something, payette forest or something. So um, yeah, anyway, that one will be coming back out and look for that early October, um, and yeah, cool. Well, shit, man, that's awesome. So we covered everything that you need to know about applying to be a smoke jumper and a little bit of a day in the life of a smoke jumper and what rookie training's like. And I just want to say thank you for that, man. So where can we find you on the socials? <laughs> uh, so um, I guess the best thing is uh, uh, for smoke jumper information and, and all that stuff is... Uh, smoke jumpers underscore on underscore ig um smoke jumpers on instagram there's usually a lot of information coming out on there and like i said i'll try to put um yeah put the new announcement out whenever i get it and um and yeah if you have any questions uh, i i do answer a lot of questions on there uh whether on posts or on dms um as far as uh smoke jumper related uh questions so um, hit me up there, uh, or, uh, my personal accounts, uh, drew jumps in 07, um, uh, 07. And, uh, yeah, um, that's less interesting stuff like, uh, me taking my dogs for runs and, uh, gardening and whatever else. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, nice, man. Well, Drew, hey, dude, thanks for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure everybody that's listening is going to deeply appreciate that too. get some inside knowledge about how to uh, become a smoke jumper. 
Yeah, man, no problem. Uh, definitely appreciate what you're doing with the podcast and, uh, and, uh, yeah, love that you're, uh, keeping the, the fire community together, uh, year round and, and, uh, getting lots of information out there for people. So, uh, kudos to you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Well, guys, thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, keep tuned to Smoke Jumpers on IG. And uh, I'm sure those announcements will be posted, reposted shortly. So thanks for listening, guys. Andrew, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Later, guys. All right, there we go. Episode number 17 is in the books with Andrew Pattison from Missoula Smoke Jumpers. Dude, thank you so much for coming on the show and kind of dispelling all those myths, mysteries, and rumors that are kind of associated around the Smoke Jumper program. I think uh, that this episode right here is going to dispel a lot of those. And I think that uh, the people on the ground that are looking to get into that Smoke Jumper program are certainly going to appreciate it. Now they know what to expect as far as the calls desired what it takes to become a smoke jumper, the fitness, the mental fitness, the other requirements. It's all in this episode. So for those people that are looking to get their foot in the door or uh, potentially go in detail, definitely take a look at this episode and take some notes. Maybe re-listen to it again. Maybe share uh, this episode to some friends that might be interested or think they got what it takes to make it in the smoke jumper community. So, Andrew, once again, thank you. Also, temporary seasonal announcements for smoke jumper positions are coming out really soon, actually. Uh, by the time this episode airs, they should have hit the board. And uh, yeah, put your name in the hat. Definitely get your resumes together. Get your fitness on point. Start networking. Start making calls. Apply. Get your foot in the door if you guys are seriously interested about interested in jumping out of a perfectly good airplane into a forest fire it's definitely some incredible stuff and uh yeah definitely have a lot of respect for these guys just want to say thank you to everybody who's uh continuing to share the good word of the anchor point podcast definitely keep on doing what you're doing if you guys got time maybe swing by itunes and uh, drop us a review definitely appreciate that and uh, keep tagging us keep using that hashtag anchor point podcast keep tagging us in your photos and uh if you guys got some awesome stuff, let us know. If you got an awesome story, also let us know. I want to hear it from you guys. Uh, slide into our DMs or send us an email and uh, tell us your story. If you guys uh, have some incredible stuff or you contributed to the Wildland Fire community, I want to hear about it. Maybe we can get you on the show. Hit us up. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening. Catch you on the next one. Enjoy that one.